I'm here in conversation with Fiona Keogh. And Fiona is one of the people I've known in my life the longest. And she is a financial advisor who lives in Spain. So hi, Fiona. Hi, Claire. So my first off the bat question is, why Spain? Um, the reason why I chose Spain, well, wanted to go somewhere warm. And also, um, I'd been going to see a friend of mine who'd lived there for quite a long time. And I kind of fell in love with it. I always thought Spain would be like uh, beaches and people drinking and things like that. And then when I really discovered Spain, there's so much more to it. So there's lots of history. The food is fantastic. And just the culture is so good and so nice. And it, it felt completely different from the UK. Mm. Um, and, and that's why I chose it, really, um, going back. Mm. And when was it? Because I'm thinking it was before COVID. Was it before it COVID? It was. It was just before. So we um, moved over in, well, we chose October 2018. So Robin and I had only just got married and then we chose to move to Spain. But anyway, we chose it in 2018 and then actually moved in April 2019. So we had a few months before COVID hit. And um, so we were able to go out and about and discover Spain before then we were then locked in for a few months. And that's it, really. Mm. Um, yeah. So nearly we've been here over four years now. Wow. And yeah. and you've moved once or twice in terms we of moved, literally from house to house? We moved about seven times. Oh, my goodness. Before, because when we first got there, we didn't know where we wanted to live. So we used Airbnb. It was it was a bit of a last minute move to Spain anyway, because my daughter got into school there and we had two weeks to move over. So it was quite short notice. So we just used Airbnbs for the first kind of six months. And it meant we had to move from one house to the other every six weeks because of being um, places being available. And we chose lots of different um, locations in the area to see where we liked mm. but then we bought a house in 2019 so at the end of November and then we have moved again since properly mm. so mm. yeah a lot of movement within the area so we know every part of the area now. <laughs> and if somebody says have you been there like, we've probably lived there <laughs> or near there so we do know. but that must have been really good in terms of um finding where you wanted to purchase a property because yeah. if you've moved around a lot you're going to get to know it yeah and in fact I say to people never just go on one of these viewing tours where you just go and look at houses and buy the first house within five days because you don't really know the area until you've lived there mm. and so you actually need to spend at least three to four weeks in an area just to see if it's going to suit you. So mm. we found it really good really, because it meant that while we were living in different places, we could have a look at other places and then choose the area that we really wanted. I have to say that the one that we chose originally, we really liked. So we lived there for three years, but the one that we bought, and it was fantastic at the time, but then we got bored of where it was and there wasn't as much going on as we wanted. So that's why we moved again. Mm. Um, but it suited us for a good three years. So mm. it was ideal. And when you lived in your first home, the, the three-year home, um, 
was that chosen in terms of location of your daughter's school? It was, yeah, because we had uh, we one of the most important things for us was to choose her school because she was fourteen, nearly fifteen when we moved, and so education at that age is key. And she was studying the the British system mm. of exams, and we didn't want to pick her up and move her into a Spanish school when she didn't actually speak Spanish. We'd had a few lessons before, and it would have been unfair for her. So we we had a look at all the schools in the area and chose the one and we wanted to be within driving distance of that school well a short driving distance of that school mm. so that really dictated where we lived yeah and uh, we also wanted to be a little bit in the country so that we'd got views all around us mm. um that was probably the biggest change because we decided actually it was too country five in the end but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you have to discover these things don't you, you um, do. like yeah. when we moved um into Massachusetts we lived somewhere that we thought was great because it was outside the center of town and that kind of thing yes. and then we were like it's too outside the center of town yeah <laughs> so it makes a bit makes yeah. a huge difference to your lifestyle actually doesn't it so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it makes a huge difference to everyday life so it does um, yeah yeah but that said that was the priority so it makes a lot of sense and then tell me a little bit about how it must have been for you and your daughter in the build-up to moving to Spain because obviously I know you you would never do anything that wasn't on board for everybody but yes. equally you're a real stand for things you want to do and that you believe in so I love that I love the fact that you could root for something that would mean a lot to yeah. you but without negating but and involving everyone else so yeah well if we talk about what actually happened so my daughter and I were here anyway to see my friend and while we were lying on the beach a, a typical sort of person on holiday I said well should we live in Spain <laughs> and my daughter said yeah that sounds a good idea because she she would go for it we said we just got to persuade Robin now, my husband, um, to move to Spain. So when we got back, he'd had a really bad day. He was working in the college, really stressful. And he came back one day and I said, Naomi and I would like to move to Spain. And he said, yeah, okay. And that was the way it was made. So we all decided all together that we'd move to Spain. Um, but I think it was quite important because we went on a few trips before we actually moved. So we went mm. in October um, and we took our, my son with us at Christmas because he's he was at university at the time. So it wasn't as important for him because he'd already kind of semi-left home. And uh, he was probably the hardest thing for us because... He'd chosen a university right down the road from where we lived, uh, you know, sort of within the same city, because he could just nip home whenever he wanted. <laughs> so because we'd, we'd try to persuade him to go somewhere further afield to university, we thought we'd have to move so that mm. he'd actually get that break from us as well. Um, but it was quite good because we brought him with us at Christmas and he managed to have a look around as well. Because he was a bit jealous, I have mm. to say, because the rest of us go to space and so what for you. Um, so we went off to, we took him with us and we helped him choose the houses. 
And then because we moved in the April and because I was still working in the UK, one week in the UK, one week in Spain, it meant we kept our house in the UK until he'd finished at least his first year of university. So he did have the house to go back to within his first year. Mm. And then we sold it at the beginning of his second year when he was already well established in his own house in Birmingham. So it wasn't too bad, but that was probably the hardest thing when we made mm. the decision because the three of us were on board completely. Um, it was just leaving the eldest one behind. So, mm. Yeah, it's a challenging one because um, he has been involved ever since. Yeah. And obviously you said he was involved in choosing home, the homes. Yes. So that would have made him feel included. And by having your home, your UK home, he yeah. didn't it wasn't too abrupt and it, it wasn't like no. a, you know there, there was a, a kind of a shift as opposed to a, 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 a sharp yeah. change yeah because that was important because he was only uh, 18 so still quite mm. young really yes um and um then of course we planned all this and then covid hit about six months later and so we couldn't see him for six months so that was really difficult that was probably wow. the hardest thing because the flights in and out of Spain were stopped mm. completely well all mm. flights were stopped generally weren't they and so he was stuck in his student house with everybody else having gone back home so um but in the end we had my dad was with us and my and so his flat was free so my son moved into that flat and um he really enjoyed having a house to himself actually so <laughs> we we included him we we did cinema nights together where we'd all watch the same film and we had meals together where we would put him on the mobile phone just on um whatsapp so that he could join in while we were eating and we'd order him the same thing so we managed to include him that way so it's mm. quite good mm. but yeah it, a difficult time for everybody, I think. It, though. It, yeah, um, it, it definitely must have been. But you didn't let anything stop you. I mean, given how long I've known you and, you know, the things we know about each other's lives, I am pretty impressed that that seems to be one of your qualities. You don't really let things stop you. So tell me a bit about that in relation to Spain, because in terms of jobs, in terms of you've touched on the houses, but what things came up that could have been natural kind of stops where it's like, oh, my God, why have we done this? And you already had COVID to contend with. And yeah. so I think I think the hardest bit was when we first moved because we were all really excited. But then reality hit. So um, my daughter had to start school a brand new school at the age of 14, which is never easy. Mm. And then I was working one week in, because I had to keep flying over to the UK and then I'd have flights cancelled on the way back. So that was probably the most traumatic period, actually. And it was at that point, really, where we're thinking, that, oh, we're doing the right thing, because I did enjoy my job in the UK and I tried mm. to make it work. But then um, it's quite difficult for UK employers to employ somebody in Spain because they need to set up a new company um, or you go self-employed. There's, there's that option, really. And mm. um, so they were trying to sort they were really good, actually. So they were trying to sort it out from their end. But then I was trying to sort out everything in Spain and in the UK because we'd still got the house here. And um, it did come to a point where I'd got, my daughter 
had settling in problems at school because it was a completely different environment to a UK school. UK schools are quite touchy feet, not um to they're quite friendly to the kids in um, the UK schools, whereas in the Spanish international school it was very much, well, this is your homework, you do it, you're responsible for it. If you don't do it, that's your problem. Whereas in the UK there are a lot the teachers are a lot more like part of the student network and so she found that quite difficult Mm. and came to a point where she was getting into a you know not into trouble but she was getting told off a lot it did her good in the longer term but at the time it was pretty traumatic for her and obviously making new friends and then with me being away as well there came to a point I think where I'd got Naomi having problems in Spain me in the UK at a trustee meeting because I was a pension manager, so it was hard to sit through trustee meetings. And at the end of one of the meetings, I pulled my one of the partners aside, who was in who I worked for, and said, "I just can't do this anymore." And I burst into tears. And he said to me, "Well, if you ever play poker, Fiona, I'm going to um, not trust anything you say to me." Because he said I couldn't tell at all. Uh, but I did start crying and it was like, I can't do this anymore. It's like too traumatic traveling from Spain to the UK. So in the end, I said, I'm just going to have to quit my job and try and find something in Spain. And that was probably the hardest point. But I was very lucky in that actually um, I was offered a job within a month of that decision. So um, and the company I was working for in the UK held on to me until I could find another job. So it was really I was really, really lucky actually that I'd got a very, very supportive um, boss that I worked for. And um, he was fully supportive. The other people that I worked with were saying, well, as long as we can come and visit you, that's fine. Um, And so it worked really well. But I would say that would be the time where we regretted it because Mm. we'd already committed to going to school. We had school fees to pay as well because... It was an international school and you can't suddenly turn around and say, we're going to take you back to the other school because that would have been even traumatic, more traumatic for her. So we had to give it a go. And I was just very lucky to have found a job in Spain straight away. And um, and it was on a good salary so I could support everybody and the pay the school fees as well. So it mm. worked out well in the end. But yeah, there was probably about four months. We were still living in rented accommodation at the time as well so we hadn't got really got the stability of being in a house for a long time and I think really it was when we moved into our house which we knew was ours that we could then relax and sort of start to enjoy Spain again Mm. really so Mm. yeah and in, in you know that beauty of hindsight was it kind of a good thing that you'd ended up having to change jobs because in a way your life was straddling two countries. You were, you were kind of not, you, you were moved to Spain, but in some ways you were between two, two locations. So did it feel more grounded, more settled? Oh yeah, much more because the thought of having to go um, travel every other week. um, And also the fact that you're trying to then work in a tiny little flat with a swimming pool right outside um, in the really hot weather. It was quite difficult. Um, But then when I got the job in Spain, I knew then that we were settled. We got the house and 
it, it coincided with Naomi being more settled at school as well. Mm. So it all kind of came together. And meanwhile, we'd left my husband, who was like trying to look after us all, being supportive to all of us. And then he got at the same time Naomi being snappy with him because she was stressed, me being snappy with him because I was stressed. So the poor guy had to deal with two very, very stressed women at the time. And he managed to just be the one that was the solid one for the whole period of time, really. So mm. we were lucky to have him. Mm. <laughs> and then recently you've made a departure job-wise, haven't you? Yes, yeah, so I worked for the company in Spain for three years and I was employed and that kind of got us through um, the school fees and when that finalised and it coincided with um, me being able to take some money for my pension, which was quite good timing. So what I decided to do was to take a little bit of money that got saved in that to tide us over so that then I could start my own business. So basically I am now working for myself, which is great because I can pick and choose how many clients I want to deal with. And that's quite important for me because I want to be able to sort of look after them well. And also it gives me the chance to do, to travel a bit more so that if I need to be in the UK, I can go, but I'm not sort of tied to going to the UK. Um, and it also means we can see a bit more of Spain. So since I've gone self-employed, we've been to Poland, we've been to Italy twice, and we've been back to the UK twice as well. So it's great. And it took me a while to sort of get the clients, but actually I was very lucky that two of them came with me anyway without me having to ask them mm. because I was under a contract, so I had to be quite careful anyway. Um, and they both contacted me and said, we've tracked you down um, to this new place that you're working and we want you to look after us. So I ended up with two clients that came across. Another client that had been looking at going to the other company decided to come with me as well. And then I've been given leads so that I've been able to build up um, clients. I've got five now, which is really good. So it's worked out well. And that's allowed me to do other things as well as just um, working as a financial advisor. So it's been handy. Mm. So it sounds like things have really consolidated because if you had that first home for three years and yes. and that tied in with three years of Naomi's Naomi schooling. School. Yeah. yeah. And then and having a steady income from the existing job. And yeah. then and then the new move, the final move where you live now that preceded the job the new job yes just um but it meant that we weren't as reliant on a car because we moved to an area where we can walk everywhere which is right. a big plus so because uh, petrol costs obviously had gone up quite oh a lot, yes uh, yeah. gas costs so it meant that we could actually then rely on walking cycling doing a bit more everything so there was a supermarket well, three supermarkets within walking distance, which we hadn't had before. And Naomi also decided that she was going to go to Central America for a few months and work in England for a couple of months. So it meant that we could have a slightly smaller house, but in a much better location. So, mm. and we could, you know, we can walk to the beach now, which is really nice. Mm. Yeah, it's great. 
And in your last place, you had a pool. Do you have a pool in this We place? did. No, we don't. We uh, sacrificed the pool. Okay. So that we could be closer to the beach because as it, as it would be in the US as well, the closer you get to the sea, the more expensive houses become. I think it's pretty much the same everywhere. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and we decided, well, we only really use the pool in July and August. I probably used it more than most, but generally we didn't use it as much as we needed to. And the cost of running the pool is quite high as well. Mm. Whereas we've got a great big sea that we can actually swim in every day. And it's warmer than a swim pool as well in the winter. So it, and it, it, and it maintains better. itself. Doesn't it? We don't have to clean that. No, it's self cleaning. It's great. It's like having a a great big robot that just does it for you. So yeah, it's much better. Yeah, so much better. Um, and um, yeah, I I really think when you live in a coastal, I've lived in a coastal town three times, I think. And this is I'm in a coastal area now, and it's the first time I'm literally in walking distance. Um, like matter of minutes. Are you yeah. matter of minutes to the sea? Yeah, as well? we are six minutes away, oh. six minutes walk. So, yeah, and uh, it means that in the evening you can just go for a walk along the beach. Mm. You know, it's it's uh, it's really nice, and because of that, you get quite a lot more tourists here. Mm. Which is which in a way is quite it gives you a bit more of a buzz because I'm not really a country person, I'm more of a city person. Mm. Um but the alternative to the city is beach because you get the best of both then sort mm. of things. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm between the city, quite close to the city, closer than we were, and right by the sea. So for me that's yes. the perfect arrangement. City it is, it's city good. and sea. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm the same as you. <clears throat> I would feel a bit remote in the countryside. It w- yes, yes, it's not for everybody. No. Yeah, and having yeah. to drive to your local shop is a pain. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was it was fantastic during COVID because we had a big plot of land and a swimming pool. So during COVID, when everybody else is stuck in their small houses, we had this big house. There were uh, my dad was over as well, so it's a really special time actually. COVID, mm. um, but when covid finished then we realized actually we want to be a bit closer to where Mm. life is really Mm, absolutely Mm -hmm. and going back to your job what what is what's kind of special about doing the job you do in spain because it's almost like you've created a perfect from what i'm picking up on it's you've created a perfect niche for yourself but that's a distinct benefit for other British people living in Spain? Well, yes, when you think about it, most British people that move to Spain are of retirement age. So a lot of the people that move, they're in the 50s. You get younger people that move to the city, but most people who move to the majority of parts of Spain are 50 upwards. And when you're 50 upwards, it's much harder to learn a language. And I, I know this, I'm a linguist, and it's still finding it difficult to be really fluent in Spanish. So for somebody who hasn't got a language background at all, coming to Spain is actually quite difficult because you need to be able to speak to people that are English speaking. And this applies to Scandinavians as well, because they speak English, they don't speak Spanish. Germans are the same, um, all different nationalities. We also have a lot of US people as well that, that move to Spain now. So they need people they can speak to that that can speak English. Uh, and that doesn't mean it's just English, British people. It's 
Irish people, it's Spanish people that can speak fluent English and everything. So what I'm what I'm part of is there is an organization called Spain Explained where there's groups of us professionals, whether it's accountants, lawyers, um, financial advisors, insurance people that that offer us a central group. So that if there is a British person that comes over or a, a Scandinavian, they want to speak to somebody in English, mm-hmm. they just contact this group and then the group will put them in touch with people in their area. So there's not just me as a financial advisor, there's lots of others in different parts of Spain and it covers all of the areas where most people tend to move to. So um, it's it's quite a good thing. And it also means that I can link in with other professionals. So, for instance, yesterday I was doing a seminar in Andalusia, which is about an hour and a half away from me. And there was a lady that came along who was Spanish. And uh, she said, well, actually, I'm a translator. And we said, oh, that's great. We need translators on the uh in the group because everybody needs a translator when they move over. They move over, so we invited her to join the group as well. And um, it's quite it's quite a good thing for for anyone who speaks English living mm. in Spain mm. who will struggle to learn the language. And um, I know sometimes you say if you go and live in a country, you should learn the language, but it's a lot easier said than done because mm. um, if you're um from a country such as Poland and you move to the UK, you have to really learn English because not many English people will learn will be able to speak Polish. Whereas a lot of the Spanish can speak English. And because there's so many other nationalities there, English is the common language for a lot of things. So um yes, we speak Spanish uh, when we go to the doctors and we go to hospitals and things like that Um, but it's nice to be able to speak to somebody about investments about insurance that can understand exactly what we mean because it's so specific the vocabulary for that Mm. so it's been quite good to do Mm. that I I think when you're like you say if everybody's over 50 everybody's entering a they've entered a new country um, but and they're adapting to everything but you're also from that age upwards adapting to different situations in terms of tax yes. and all these different things and yes. being eligible to redeem your pension and those you know that situation so it must make a big difference to have your own native language or indeed if you're polish a second language but a language that you're used to working in because it sounds intimidating enough to go to a hospital and have to, because mm. that's a tense situation, you know, to have to yes. try and find Spanish um, in within you. So to deal with these kind of issues that really rely on a lot of trust and mm. where we naturally lack confidence because, you know, I don't understand pensions. I don't know about taxes. So when I go to someone, I go literally handing myself over like, mm. I need you to tell me this. Um, yes. So the trust element of what you provide and what this organisation, Spain Explained, provides must be enormous for people. And the fact that they can transcend all of that using English must be like a gift. Well, I think it's useful. And um, as you say, many people going to the doctors, they take a translator with them. So okay. if they don't speak any Spanish, they'll they'll do it. But if they are dealing with something that is very 
uh, country specific and there are US advisors as well. And there are UK advisors. The UK advisor will understand the UK situation as well. Mm. Because, for instance, pensions, you can't just look at it from a Spanish perspective. You also have to look at what the UK rules are and what the UK system is. And it's the same for any US person living in Spain. They're probably better going to a US advisor or somebody who's got experience of US style investments because they have to translate into the Spanish tax system. And many people are also still doing US, UK tax returns as well as doing Spanish ones. And therefore, they need somebody who understands both. Mm. And um, that's that's really important for people. So, for instance, I wouldn't speak to, if there was a German person, they've got a German pension, I wouldn't try and understand the German pension. I would be able to explain the Spanish situation to them, but not really go into great details with regard to the German pensions, because Mm. they're all completely different. So you do need somebody with the background in both to be able to give proper advice to people. Mm, Absolutely. And how did you master learning the Spanish side so that you confuse the Spanish and the UK side? Well, we had a lot of training. So the company I worked for did a lot of tax training. So one of the first weeks that I had to, I was in, I had to go to London actually and sit with a tax advisor just to go through everything in Spain and the way things work in Spain um, and keep abreast of all the tax changes. I've also done a qualification, uh, which is like the Spanish equivalent of a UK financial services qualification mm. so that I can understand the way banking and insurance and finance works in Spain as well as in the UK. Um, and that was really good. And that was in Spanish as well. So that was good for my language mm. learning. Mm, um, I did wow. I have to admit, I did translate the answers, though, because I thought well, I might translate the answers just so I get those right but to the test. But um, no, it was really good. It was a good way of learning um, the Spanish system as well. And now I just am naturally quite interested in what happens in change, because the the thing with Spain is, uh, uh, and I presume this would be the same as the US, we have different tax regimes in different provinces within Spain as well. So if you live in Valencia, you're paying a different rate of tax to somebody who lives in Murcia or Andalusia. And because of where I work, I have to understand the Valencian, the Murcian and the Andalusian rules, which means that you're learning three different tax regimes as Mm. well. Mm. I wouldn't even want to start dealing with somebody in Madrid or, Mm. um, (laughs) you know, Catalonia, anything like that. So I just stick to three provinces, which um, Mm. I know about. Mm. That's incredible. And um, so it, all of all of that came before you went off on your own. So then when you went off on your own, you, you already had all this knowledge. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. So it was um, quite useful. So I did kind of get a lot of experience from the last employer. And then we are still regulated in in Spain anyway. So we have to follow the guidelines that the... Um, the regulators will want us to know about. So mm. I follow a lot of lawyers and accountants and, and continue to get tax updates from them. Mm. Fascinating. Is there anything else you want to say about the work you do? And No, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy building relationships with them. So it's quite nice when they do want to come and see me after I've left the company. So mm. it's um, it's good. And some of them become friends. I mean, I'm still on Facebook with a couple that I advised when I first came over, they've moved back to the UK, but we still talk to each other. 
oh. even though they're no longer clients. They, and they invited us to their 60th birthday party in um, Thailand, which um, got cancelled actually because of COVID. But um, no, it was, it's quite nice. It's a good job to do. It's In fact, I, I do recommend that people do consider it as a career. So in fact, it sounds very boring for young people to become an accountant or a financial advisor, but it is one of those careers that you can do in many other countries and you get a visa for it as well so for instance for me it wasn't such a bad problem because I came over before Brexit but it still means that people who are doing the same job as me in the UK can come and move to Spain and work because they will get a visa fairly quickly because of the type of work it is and because of their specialist knowledge so Mm. it's a useful career to consider. Mm. And do you find that one of the things of when you get new clients one of the things they appreciate is that you've trodden their path you know some of your experiences overlap just as a human yeah well they like it when you live where they live so for instance if I had um have quite a few clients that are coming over they're moving over and uh they'll say things like well what's the process what do I have to do and I've been through it also they do prefer that when Mm. I can actually show them that and mm. um or even talking about well you know if you get a new kitchen done where where do you recommend or yeah I'll ask the clients that actually you know so if I start talking about it they'll often say well we recommend this really good shop there and it builds a link with people and mm. it's much nicer than having somebody who's talking to them from the UK mm. who understands the tax position but hasn't actually lived there because they haven't gone through it themselves absolutely Mm. yeah it must make a big difference yeah Um, mm. and um and then how what's your relationship to Spain now um did you feel I got the sense when you moved that you know that you shut the back door so to speak you know when I've moved Mm. abroad with my husband it's always been a two to five year plan it's never been even where we are now it's it's temporary we've got an end yes. in sight so to speak yeah. um but when you moved you didn't do that did you it was no moving. we decided it was well we decided that if we were going to move we'll do it properly so um and that included selling the house in the UK which was quite an important um step really mm. um so yeah um, and it does mean that we it feels like home for us it doesn't feel like we're only here working temporarily it's a home and uh, when we go back to the UK it feels really alien actually um, because we're so used to you know going to Italy for us is not as bad as going back to the UK because we Mm. feel more part of I don't know it feels more similar to Spain Mm. in fact we end up speaking fluent Spanish when we go to Italy because you know transfer Italian and all your Spanish comes out of your brain it's amazing (laughs) even France now we we do that as well so yeah so no it is our home and mm. I don't think either of us would ever consider at the moment I mean this is obviously never say never but we think of this more as our home than UK mm. now and the proximity of UK to Spain um I mean no flights are particularly cheap and so on but um, yeah. the the proximity of the two countries must make it because obviously your father and siblings are still in the UK friends yeah. are still in the UK and you've got quite a big wider family so yes is is the proximity it's, important it is I mean we couldn't have gone to Australia 
or anywhere like that because that would have been too far. I mean, for instance, we're going back for Christmas and the flights are 55 euros return. So it is just like getting the bus to London and it's probably a bit quicker, actually, um, once we got from the airport. Um, so, uh, and at a push, we could drive there, we could get the train there, we could get the coach there. So you're always accessible to it and people can fly over to us, they can come and see us. I've had my aunts over, I go back for big birthdays. So if it's somebody's 60th birthday, I'll go back for that. And, um, you know, we try and keep family Christmases and things going so that we still continue as a family. Mm. And um, we can do it because we're not that far away, really. Mm. That's amazing. Because um, I'm often seeing when you return for important weddings and, you know, yeah. you don't you don't really miss out. We don't, we don't stop. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's very busy. Uh, so come home for a rest. It's not really a holiday, but we uh, try and... I, as you say, I have a really massive family, so, and we're quite close as a family, mm, mm. Uh, and we're and so, when I go back, if I see one person, I want to see them all, mm. and um, and Rob's still very close to his friends. I'm still close to my friends, so, um, and and I think it's the people really that bring us back, mm. uh, because I would say that the, my family are friends as well as family, yeah. and. Um, uh, we've probably got, when I think about it, when I think of my family and my sisters and my cousins and my aunts, uh, you know, we are a big friendly family and Rob's mm. the same with his mm. family. So we'll always keep that as important, really. Mm. So maybe it wasn't, too, apart from the COVID elements, maybe it wasn't too much of a wrench for your family in you moving. They no, Maybe they didn't feel it too badly. I don't think they did because uh, my sisters lived in different parts of the UK anyway. So you have to make an effort to go and see them. But they were both two hours away from where I lived, whereas we can fly there in two and a half hours. So it, it's really not that bad mm. <laughs> at all, really. Mm. And um, does your son still live in Birmingham or did he move away? No, he, he moved to London. So he's in London. My daughter's in Sheffield. So... They are both away from where we lived anyway. And I, um, yeah. I was just thinking it took you moving away. Oh, it took it that for us you, to, for him you, to move away. For him to move away. Yeah. I, I, would, I yeah. think he would have stayed at home, but he had a girlfriend and I think, you know, he's been with her for four years. So he's moved closer to his girlfriend, which is quite natural anyway. Mm, so, mm. yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. Your, tie, your ties to the town are mainly your father. Yeah, it's only mm. my dad, really. Mm. Um, and uh, he comes over to see us for two mm. months a year because he mm. can, he's lucky that he can come over whenever he likes. He hasn't mm. got any restrictions. So, um, and and as you say, he was with us for COVID for six months, which mm. so we probably saw more of him actually in Spain than we do in um, the UK. Yeah. Because he lived with us for six months, one year, and five months the year before. And now he comes over for two months at a time, not to mm. live with us, but mm. with his friends. So, and he, But he's only down the road mm. when he comes with his friends. So mm. we see a lot of him. Yeah. <laughs> and then very recently, you've started a new departure, haven't you? Yes, thanks. Yes, I um, actually started doing something that I know we both wanted to do when we were younger. And that's, I've always had a bit of a dream of being a writer. Yeah, and, me too. Um, I know it's good. Uh, and so I've actually, um, I 
whilst being in Spain, I joined a writers group, a local writers group, and there are people there from all over. So there's a Canadian author, and um, that kind of got me inspired. So I had to write something every week for to read out, and it meant that I actually wrote my first children's book, and that's uh, being published at the moment. So that will be my first one, which is called The Clever Little Gecko, and. Uh, that's inspired by a story about my cat, actually. But I won't go into too much detail because people can read the book. <laughs> so that's the clever little gecko. And I'm also in the process of writing, of having a second one published as well now. Um, and it's all quite exciting because I wouldn't have been able to do that in the UK because I don't think I'd have ever had the time to join a writer's group and and actually just talk to like-minded people. So it's been a really good experience for me to be able to do that. Mm. And I'm looking forward to uh, keeping going with that. Mm. And um, and um, are you going to make departures outside children's books? or? Yes, I'm actually writing a novel and I'm on chapter 22 at the moment, which sounds great. But it's um, it's it's about a relationship that breaks down. So it's quite a it's quite an awkward kind of sad kind of story about two people that got together when they were when they were very young and as they've got older and their kids have got older they've just kind of gone apart and it's it's um and that's what it's all about it's all about how their relationship kind of is seen from both sides because sometimes it's the man writing sometimes it's the woman writing and it's how they see things very differently to the other Mm. so um I'm I'm doing that and I've I've got a plan about it. Um I've got to do another ten chapters, so still quite a few left to do, but mm. it's got a bit of a dramatic ending. Mm. I very, no, I won't ask anymore. Um yeah. that that's that's very exciting though. And one of the yeah. things I think about living in a new country is exactly what you just said, is the discovery of the new. The things yes. that you didn't anticipate, the things you daydream about in your regular life, but then sometimes things are kind of brought out into the open when, when yes. you know, because, you know, I, I just, I, I do, my life is completely different from any of the jobs I've ever had. Mm. And because I don't, pretty much, I don't work. So I venture into well, all sorts <laughs> I, well kind of yes and no and yes. and I venture into all sorts of new things and um and I'm doing an acting class at the moment and oh, um good. yeah and it, it's and I have no intention with it I don't need to become yes. an actor but it's great yeah. fun so yeah so that's that's really um really inspiring about your book so yes. thank you Okay. Um, anyway, so I would like to thank you very, very much for being with me to talk to me about Spain and um, sharing your experiences of moving to Spain and of the roles you carry while you're in Spain. And I wish you all the best with the book writing and I will stay inspired and follow what you're up to. So, okay, and, and one day I intend to make it to Spain. Yes. <laughs> to see you. Yes. And I might make it over to wherever you may be at the time. Okay. okay. Fabulous. All right, Thank then. you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 Bye.